I'm really freaked out right now, just so you guys know. Um, I'm Anna, I'm an alcoholic. Um, thanks, Tim, for asking me to speak. This meeting was really important to me after I relapsed. Like, for my first year, um, well, I have a sobriety date of July 18, 2021. Um, and so I was coming to this meeting after I relapsed. Um, it was cool because I got to take a chip every month. So, like, it really was a big part of my sobriety. Um, I am so nervous right now. Um, so yeah, I'm an, what am I I'm an alcoholic. Okay. <laughs> so I come from the Valley. I grew up in the Valley. Um, and the Valley, uh, <laughs> <stop> shaking. <laughs> um, I grew up in the Valley. Yeah. And, um, the Valley in the eighties and in the nineties, the Valley was the porn capital of the world. And I grew up in the porn industry. Um, just a little bit of like how kind of like weird my childhood was. My mom was the bookkeeper. Um, my third grade teacher, though, did ask my mom in for a parent-teacher conference. And she was like, you know, we have to ask you, like, are you a porn star? You know, and um, and it was just like, it was weird. You know, I grew up kind of weird. I knew things I probably shouldn't know um, at way too young of an age. And, you know, I was kind of, hi, you're really nice to stare at right now. Um, it was kind of like, you know, it was a little creepy kind of weird kid you know talking about things that other kids didn't talk about um but anyways that's just a little bit about how I grew up um my first addiction was probably men that was like a really big thing for me um you guys I don't know what I'm saying right now Tim I'm doing <laughs> awful <laughs> um so it was all about you know chasing boys um my parents were big partiers and when, when I got into high school um I made vodka and orange juice before I went to school in the morning and had margaritas at lunch and like that was just totally normal for me I never thought that there was anything like out of the norm you know like I had a like a little group of friends and like that's what we did but I realized a little bit in high school that I was different than than my other friends like they were all worried if I was going to get home or not at the end of the night. I was never, you know, worried about what was going on with them. I was the one that just like went too far. Um, and so I was jumping into cars, which was like random strangers, you know, thank God I did get home. Um, and so, yeah, I did a lot of cocaine and I was like 19. I had this super weird, like Twin Peaks phase where I just like stay in my dad's office, like snored a lot of blow and watch Twin Peaks. I don't know what that was about. Um, it was really, it was my thing though. Um, and then I, and then I, I, I got married and I had a couple of kids cause like that was going to solve what was going on. You know, like I always looked for what was happening in the outside world to solve like this nightmare that was going on inside of me. Like and the nightmare was always like, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. You know, you definitely suck. You suck. You're cool. That was a joke. That was probably not funny. But like, that's what it felt like. You know, I was constantly judging everyone around me, but I was always judging myself too. And I was never going to, I was never going to, um, I was never going to, to, to be whatever it was that I was like looking to be, you know, whatever it was I felt like I could be. Um, and so yeah, it just felt like everybody got along with the world. Like I looked at you and you were smiling and you were happy and like inside, like I just wasn't, you know, and I just didn't understand how you were doing that, you know, like what, what's with it with all these other people that I'm around that I feel like they're living in a different world than I'm in, you know? And so um, getting married, having kids was definitely going to solve it. Buying houses, putting in pools in the backyard was definitely going to solve it. Getting another dog 
you know, like getting this car and it worked for like six hours, you know, and then it was just like back to being me and I was sitting there with myself. Um, and so that was that. And I started training a lot. I'm like a martial artist. So, and, and that really became a thing for me too. And so that, that's kind of like getting to the, to the part I'm, I'm like probably spending too much time. See Tim, I'm getting stuck in this story. Um, I met this guy, I had been married twice, I had three kids at the time, and he smoked a lot of meth. And like, I thought he was rad and like, I wanted to be with him, you know? And I was like, um, if I smoke a lot of meth, does that mean we get to hang out? And like, so like, let's do it, you know? And I quickly realized what it meant when like a man and a woman like come to smoke meth together. Like there's other things that happen, you know? That's like, And so I was really about that. And it was like, let's go, you know? And so I did that, you know, and like, I remember the first time I hit it, I was like, I am going to do this every day for the rest of my life. Like, this is fucking amazing. Everything in here is like, not happening. I finally feel happy, you know, like I get to hang out with this guy I'm like super obsessed with. Um, and then I remember like at the end, one morning I woke up and I always had to save a little bit just so I could like get right in the morning, you know, and like get myself moving. And I remember thinking, I'm going to do this every day for the rest of my life. And it was totally different than the first time I said that, you know, it was like, I have to, like, I can't stop now, you know? And for like a long time, I was like living in this delusion. Like, I just don't want to stop, you know? But one day I woke up and, and and I didn't really want to get high anymore. And I realized, like, I can't stop. Like, this is what we're doing now. You know, like, this is life. <laughs> and so, thank you. In 2018, I decided to do what I always did because I thought I was losing the guy. So I definitely have to get pregnant again because that's what we do. Um, and so I got pregnant again. I thought I would get sober and I didn't. And I ended up, you know, doing what I do as, an, as a drug addict and an alcoholic when I'm pregnant which is not care about the fact that I'm pregnant. And um, I ended up losing my daughter um, to, uh, so I, I got, I caught a case, a CPS case. And um, from 2018 to 2020, she was like given back to me and removed, you know, like three times, like in the process of this case, like they put me in these classes, like these, these classes where you have to go to like learn how to be a parent. And like, you know, um, I had to go to meetings, which I didn't really care about at all, but in the classes, I got to meet really cool people. And for a drug addict like me, I got to learn really cool things, like how to get a new social security number, you know, and like also how to fake a UA, which like once I learned how to do that, shit was on. And I was like, okay, like I can do all of this. I can manage this. I can get my daughter back. I can try to keep the guy. I can keep getting loaded. And it was just like, I woke up in the morning and it was like that mousetrap thing or whatever. It's like the ball dropped here. And I did, I have to be like weeks out in the future, you know, planning how everything is going to turn. So like at that moment in time, it goes this way, you know, and, and it was working and, um, and then it, and then it didn't work because God saw it fit that my daughter was raised by a drug addict and an alcoholic. And my whole story crumbled and the courts knew that I was lying and they took her away again for the third and final time. And I had to call my public defender and that's actually how I got 12 stepped. I'd, I'd come in and out of these meetings. I'd listen to all your stories and I never heard anything. I never heard anything, like not one word. Um, and 
my public defender of all people, I had to call him to tell him that I had lost my daughter again, you know? And he says to me, you know, Anna, I'm a drug addict. And he's like, that's why I do what I do. He's like, I passed the bar and I was living behind a trash can downtown LA selling crack and heroin. And he's like, I know you think you're so smart and that you can figure this out. You know, you're going to do it your way that somehow, some way you're going to figure out how to manage this. He's like, but you can't. He's like, you're going to die. He's like, you need to get sober just like everybody else does. He's like, go to treatment and go to meetings, please. And that was the first time I ever heard anything. And he told me, he said, all the stars have to align for a dope fiend to get sober. And the stars aligned for me that day. And although that is not my first sobriety date, I did relapse. I had built a foundation, Alcoholics Anonymous, that like after I went out, I went out for like a weekend. You guys have the worst cotton mouth right now. Um, I, um, I came right back, you know, like, and so that's what it was like. At, that was, that's what it was like at the end. You know, it was just like, uh, I couldn't breathe without like getting loaded. I couldn't breathe without getting drunk. Um, and um, nothing was going to get me sober. Not my daughter, you know, nothing, not my family, nobody. Like I did not care. The only friend I had in the world was my drugs and my alcohol. Thank you. And like, um, and so, um, yeah, I got sober when I relapsed. I was tweaked out, tweaked out on the big book is not a good thing. And all I heard in my head was, Half measures availed us nothing, and we stood at the turning point. And I remember I had this conversation. I felt like I did with my higher power. And um, I said, but I did it. Like, I did all the work. I was sponsoring the people. I had commitments, you know? Like, but I, there was one thing. It was, it was this relationship with my daughter. I refused, refused to let go. You know, like, I thought that I decided that the, my ninth step promises were going to be somehow I was going to get my daughter back. You know, and then when that didn't happen and my rights were terminated and she was adopted, it just like crushed me. And so um, I got high. Um, but that that day he was like, I, I just. What it felt like was he said was, I, I promise you, if you just let go, if you just give me that, like, we'll walk through this thing together like we can do this, you know. And I said, okay. And I took that sack of shit and I threw it in the toilet, flushed it. I called the people that I knew in Alcoholics Anonymous. I packed up my car, drove up back out to Orange County. And I've been sober ever since. Um, and my life completely changed. Like I have the most beautiful life today. Thank you. I should have wrapped it up earlier when he said one minute, but I talk a lot. Um, I, I really do have like the most beautiful life today. I love my life. I have the most beautiful host of friends, a fellowship around me and a family. Um, and it's all because of this program. Um, so if you're new, get a sponsor of Work Steps and um, just let go. Thank you. Let's thank our speaker, Anna, again. Uh, we will close the opening part of the meeting with the secretary's report. Oh crap, I lost my coat. Hi, I'm Christy, I'm an alcoholic. What do you call a man that's finished digging? 
Doug. Whoa. I think somebody said it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, where's my spot? Uh, my name is Christy and I'm an alcoholic. I'm your secretary for tonight's meeting. Thank you for joining us. This is an open meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous, which means anyone can attend. We meet every Sunday at seven. We encourage you to bring friends and make this one of your regular meetings. Let's thank Shane for leading a great meeting. consistently with their commitments. Um, this meeting encourages sponsorship. If you'd like more information on sponsorship, please see Kelly. My name's Kelly, I'm an alcoholic. Hey. I'm doing here for a sponsor, and all the people that can sponsor raise your hand, please. So if you're looking for a sponsor, come see one of these people, or you can hit me up and break. Thanks. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks, Kelly. Are there any AA-related announcements? Oh, I have one. Um, if you need a Saturday night meeting, um, there's one at the Canyon Club at 8 p.m. Um, it's a speaker meeting as well. <laughs> we have flyers over here. Uh, make sure you wear your sweatpants. <laughs> um, also, uh, we are signed up. I'm going to keep saying this every week for the chili cook-off. That is on October 28th. Um, we need people to help take over a booth for us. We were the winners last year. So if you are interested, please let me know. And now we'll take a small break. As a reminder, there's no smoking or baking anywhere on the church premises. The break is a great time to welcome our newcomers and visitors. We will start again in five minutes. Oh, that's a Thank you. 